Well, welcome Church Alive to this YouTube online experience. My wife and I want to really come along this season of time and add value in a particular way when it came to mental health, when it came to sometimes people dealing with anxiety, maybe depression. And look, I believe that this talk that we're going to do tonight is going to add value to you. It doesn't matter if you deal with that or not. All of us have to deal with our own mind around thinking. We have to renew our mind as, as Scripture says. And so if this helps you, uh, if you know someone, it, it, it will help, then feel free obviously to share that. But I have the great honour to have Gerard DiMatteo here, um, pastor of the Rutherford Bible Chapel. For how many years, Gerard? Oh boy, it's, uh, it's at least two, 20 years. At least 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Um, you were on our board, for, uh, I think for two years, I think, yeah. a number of years ago. Two or three ago. years, yep. Not yep. just a, a pastor now, but a certified counselor. That's right. We actually send a lot of people your way. Abs <laughs> we absolute, do. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, because we just got issues or something like that. <laughs> but uh, no, we love to send um, people struggling in the marriage or just personally to you. And uh, I'm hearing good things. You and I have had some personal Amen. conversations yes. along that. And, um, and obviously, just unusual time, right? I mean, COVID-19. I was looking at uh, today... I said, this has never happened before in the history of America. And someone was like, no, it happened in the Spanish flu. And then I went online. Well, that's 100 years ago, 102 years ago, that's 1918. Right. Yep. But there was a church, a couple of churches in St. Louis, Missouri, who'd shut down for a few weeks, not the whole country. Now, however, at that time, thousands and thousands more died. 675,000 people died in the United States of America during that time. Yeah. So absolutely brutal time. Wow. But you and I are in a very different time. My wife uh, is sometimes jumping in and doing homeschooling. And hey, homeschoolers are loving that. They think everything's, everything's uh, the same, but everyone else feels like it's different. It's not, yeah. It's not the same. <laughs> um, but as a pastor, you obviously know the Word of God. You've been preaching it for many years as a counselor. How do you want to come alongside people during this time and help in this issue of sometimes dealing with anxiousness, sometimes just maybe a bit of a low, to be really honest, like seeming like they lost hope, um, might have lost someone along the journey. How can we encourage them and speak life into them and faith into them? Yeah. Anthony, I think this, these times are different from the Spanish flu in, in one respect. And, and uh, theologians and philosophers have been talking about it. This is an age of anxiety, all right? And so one of the ways we've responded to this is full of anxiety, okay? Not that we shouldn't take precautions, but it's full of anxiety. Yeah. For example, when you went to the grocery store when, when COVID started, uh, what didn't you find? You didn't find toilet paper. Right. Like, what yeah. is that about? Yeah. Okay? And, and basically... You would think people would stack up on food and <laughs> essentials, but... Exactly. We were that was worried about our tush. It was, yeah, it was an anxiety purchase. Yeah, yeah. Somebody saw somebody else buy it. They're thinking, oh, yeah, we got to stock yeah. up on this. We got yeah. toilet paper. Yeah. It, it really is not rational, yeah. but that's what people are doing. And yeah. it, it's significant, I think, of the age in which we live yeah. where people in general yeah. are anxious. Why do you think so? Well, there are a number of reasons. 
Uh, I know personally for me, I think one of the reasons is that we have so much information and news yeah. at our fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. We are inundated yeah. with information, yeah. stuff that people back in 1918 they wouldn't, even know wouldn't have even known about. Yeah. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two, you know, I think 9-11 pushed us into another realm where people are looking over their shoulders yeah. all the time. Okay, so, you yeah. know, there's a heightened level of anxiety well, uh, with everything else that we know. When you yeah. look at the newspaper and you read certain things, yeah. it's often not good news. As yeah. a matter of fact, 98% yeah. of it yeah. is bad news yeah. or designed to, to uh, put strife yeah. between certain yeah. people rather than listening and talking to each other. Yeah, I mean, there's that constant sense of sometimes bickering and, and so forth within politics. There's that constant sense of, I know something that happened in Missouri today. Always. I know something that happened in Minnesota today. And back in the day, you wouldn't have known that. You That's would have right. only known, in essence, the, like, the New Jersey newspaper would have been your source. That's right. So I'm hearing about, you know, my mother told me uh, a number of months ago, and it was such a snapshot of the time and age that we live in. She said, she said to me, did you hear what happened to the little children in, in India? And we actually sponsor churches and pastors in India and so forth. But I said, mom, I just can't, I can't hear about every problem. Yes. Because yes. what's happening in Florida, what's happening in Alabama, what's happening in Brazil, what's happening all over the place. And I find that one of the greatest things that sometimes I find as a pastor Sometimes people ask me, are you going to do anything about this situation? So, for instance, California fires. And I'm like, man, sometimes I have this wrestle. I know you're thinking about it because it's on Instagram, it's on, it's on news. But we can't really do anything from afar because there's lots of issues we need to deal with right now. Exactly. And, and it gets us, I think, distracted. They're all worthy things. They're all good yeah. things. But globalization has caused this info, yeah. uh, basically so much influx of information that we get distracted. There's a second thing, too, that I think adds to our anxiety is that we are entertained to death. Yeah. Okay? So we're always looking to make ourselves feel good yeah. or make sure that we're not worried about something that's going on rather than stopping and yeah. taking stock of who we are before God yeah. and resting in our Father who really does love us. Yeah. We have to slow down to do that. Yeah. And a lot of people just will not are not willing to do that. And that's I yeah. think one of the major reasons why we're in the age that we're in. You know, I said to our church a while ago um, that I was hearing all these pastors talking about how different people are comparing themselves with with other people on on social media and comparing all the time and different stuff and it said we live in the age of comparison. But yes. then at the same time, I felt like they didn't give an answer, which was stop it. Like as in like spend way less time on your phone yes, or way less time on social media and, and govern your life and say, man, what do I really value? And this is hard because we all gravitate towards those things sometimes. But what do I really value? And then think through it and then say, man, if, I'm gonna, if I really value this... So why don't I actually spend more time doing that, what I really value? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I don't want to give the impression, too, that I don't like entertainment. I mean, yeah. I love the movies. I love... Yeah, I know you you're know, a Yankees so, fan. Total Yankee, blue and white. I bleed it <laughs> yeah. all the time. So, yeah, I mean, and it's killing me that we're not yeah. having uh, baseball yet. Okay? We did hear today, I think, sports things are opening up. 
Amen. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, I did Giants not. and Jets. I mean, it sounds like they're opening up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I love these things, but I have to be careful too to yeah. make sure that I am quiet enough. For me, yeah. And I move toward the spiritual disciplines with, with this side of things because, and, and as you know, I think you, you guys as a church really embrace fasting, yeah. okay? And that aspect, huge. Uh, you could tell I do not embrace fasting that much. <laughs> <laughs> I need prayer for that. But there, there's one that I really do appreciate, and that is solitude and silence. Mm. It, it takes me, and this... this moves right into the anxiety and even depression aspect yeah. is if I'm quiet before God for yeah. 20 minutes in yeah. silence and yeah. making sure that whatever is going into my mind, I'm letting it roll down the river, just yeah. focusing on Jesus. Yeah. Okay. That takes time. Yeah. Right. But after a while, you're able to start to control, bring every thought into captivity yeah. of Christ. Yeah. And, you be, and then you're able to recognize when yeah. you're out there in, in the world doing yeah. your thing, yeah. uh, that, man, I'm, I'm thinking down a road that I know is not productive. Mm. I got I to gotta move away from that. Yeah. Oddly enough, yeah. being not involved, silence and solitude yeah. helps you when you're involved. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's these kinds of disciplines that we start to use mm. in a, I guess, more contemporary way. We yeah. think of them as, you know, I, yeah. I have to become a monk. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, you're using them in, in very practical ways, yeah. even at lunchtime. I'll start my day and I'll, I'll, I'll focus on Christ. I'll be reading stuff. Yeah. I'll silent my heart. I'll, I'll get things right. Yeah. And what happens? You go through your day and life happens. Yeah. Stuff that you don't expect and yeah. you don't realize. Yeah. When I stop myself at noontime or at lunchtime yeah. and just focus 15 minutes mm. back on God and yeah. his love for me and what he's doing. That, it is brings that a, me is back. That a discipline? Is that like an alarm goes off on your phone? Is that just, it's around 12 o'clock most days you just try to say, no, I'm going to spend a little time with yes. God right now. Whatever you need to do to make it work, yeah. whether it's an alarm on your phone, yep. if you're more disciplined and you know at 12 o'clock you do whatever, take 15 minutes yeah. out of that lunchtime, yeah. 10 minutes. What? Start with five minutes, yeah. you know, yeah. just start slow and yeah. move. It becomes part of your daily habit. Yeah. And actually, just like muscle memory, yeah. you start to move into that zone. Yeah. And you're less prone yeah. to move into the anxiety or depressed states because yeah. you recognize it. Yeah. yeah, And I don't say that lightly because I struggle, have struggled and still struggle with anxiety at times. Mm. And so, you know, in order for me, let me put it this way. I often don't know how anxious I am. Huh. Anxious people don't often know how right. anxious they are. Right. Okay? But it's the people next to them that know. That's right. They and feel when you the ask, vibe. And you ask them a question like, are you ever at peace? An yeah. anxious person, if they're really honest, yeah. won't know how to answer that. Yeah, because exactly. they've never felt a depth of, mm. of peace and, yeah. and relaxed aspect mm. before God. Wow. And so you have to embrace it, yeah. like we were talking about before. Yeah. You have to embrace the fact that I am wired that way yeah. Yeah. and that I have to do certain things. God encourages me to do certain things uh, to in, in order for me to walk in peace and, yeah. in, and in his love. And it, it is possible. Yeah. 
I, I, for some reason, the thought of Jesus comes to mind when he's bothered by the crowd. Not bothered, but he's doing ministry all the time. And he would often retreat by himself. Amen. So there's these voices that are calling for him, like our, our, our tasks, our day-to-day responsibilities are calling for us, then the news, then Instagram, then all this stuff is calling for us, calling for our attention, but he would, he would retreat. Amen. It's not cliche. To me, it's only cliche if you never do it. It's actually powerful when you do it. So Amen. you have to retreat. And I would say to everyone watching, you've got to understand that everyone deals with this. Every adult has to come to the point. What I've often realized about adulthood is your parents parented you and then you have to now parent yourself. Amen. So you have to now parent yeah. yourself. When yeah. do you go to bed? When do you, when do you clean your room? When do you, you know, you ever, you're a dad. How many kids do you have? Four, four girls. Four girls and some grandkids. We have four grandkids, blessed, very blessed. Yeah, so four, four girls, four grandkids. Um, but I'm sure you would have to sometimes say to some of your girls, hey, be thankful. Stop whining about this. Like I always found, here's the funny thing. I always found that the day that you take them on the best day, the most adventurous day, spend the most amount of money on them that day, at the end of the day, because of their tiredness, and you've fed this little beast called happiness, and they're like, I need more happiness. All the time. I need yeah. more happiness. Yes. Then at the end of the day, they're like whining about something. And I'm like, I remember my wife and I took our kids to Disney. And I'm like, you're whining after Disney? Come on. Because it's so true. How much do they even have any sense of how much money you spent on Disney? Yeah, I know. Like There's Disney no, no sends clue. you all bankrupt. I mean, no that's clue. what it does. Um, but there was so much, in essence, pleasure, happiness, all the food you want, all that stuff. At the end of the day, there was whininess. And so often it actually, and, and then we have to be adult and then parent ourselves. Amen. Right? Paul says in Timothy, um, he says, train yourself in righteousness. Mm. He says, bodily training yeah. is good, yeah. but training yourself in godliness yeah. is better. Yeah. And you know what the word training there is? Yeah. Gymnasium. Hmm. Now, yeah. everybody listening, I'm sure, has a yeah. gym membership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul is saying that spiritually, you yeah. can train yourself. Now, yeah. training is painful. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Training takes work. Yeah. Training takes discipline. Yeah. Whether you're practicing guitar or yeah. you're learning a language, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. So, but we don't apply that to spiritual things. Yeah. We can get, we just, eh, you know, yeah. the Lord loves me and I'm okay. Yeah. And it's true. God yeah. loves you and you are okay. Yeah. But he's not content to leave you where you are. Yeah. And he wants to grow yeah. us. It, it, it's when the other passages in that gets me excited is in Philippians. Because when you read Paul, you think, man, this guy has arrived. And, you know, he says he hasn't so arrived. He's the worst of all yeah. the apostles, the worst yeah. of all sinners, he describes himself. But then in Philippians, in the same passage where he says, do not be, be anxious for nothing. Later on, you read that he has learned contentment. That's right. Whether I yeah. have riches yeah. or whether I am in need, yeah. I've learned to be content. Yeah. That's discipline. Yeah. That's working That's on your spiritual yeah. life. So, so I love that thought because I almost want to encourage people watching today that um, you're not um, abnormal because you have to work on yourself, Amen. right? Amen. You're not strange because you might need to put a verse somewhere on the mirror. You might need to put on praise and worship oh, how come I have to work on myself? Actually, everyone has to work on themselves, totally, don't we? Totally, totally. Uh, 
when Paul says in Romans 6, you know, he says, present your members mm. to God mm -hmm. as instruments of unrighteousness. Yeah. Uh, I read a lot of Dallas Willard, and what he would do once a year is he would lay down in his study floor, and he would take a lot of the morning and pray over every part of his body that huh. God would use, use yeah. him, wow. okay? Because what he's saying here yeah. is that, you know, these are actual things that God will use to bless other people. Yeah. My mind, my yeah. eyes, my ears, how I'm listening to yeah, someone, yeah. all of the presence, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it all ties together. It's so vital. I've heard J. John. I don't know if you've heard of J. John. J. John is an um, English kind of evangelist, quite wow. well known in certain circles. And he would say, the simplicity, take my mind, Lord. And he does it with this English accent. He's like, take my mind, Lord, yes. and think through it. Hey. Take my heart and love through it. Like he just Amen. has that beautiful accent, but he really breaks that down of what, what he does. And, and what you were saying too is that, yeah, we the reason why Paul puts that submit your members to God yeah. and as instruments of righteousness is that we all are broken. And so the old, we don't need more of a teaching. We need a rescue, all right? And the Holy Spirit comes, and the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead comes in us. Sometimes it's very progressive. Sometimes it's miraculous. But the point is, He comes to help us grow. And it's huge. It's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't want to... Um narrow certain things down to discipline because I think when we do that people Amen. then beat themselves up however we all have disciplines actually um, if you eat broccoli every night you get certain results if you know what I mean and there's certain spiritual disciplines like reading the word there's certain I've been um, reading this book called hearing God's voice uh, recently which I just kind of love but he slows you down when you're reading the Bible and he gets you to Pick one verse, and now you're going to think about that thing. You're going to say that thing. Amen. You're going to picture that thing. You're going to write some thoughts about that thing. And I've just been going really slowly through this one verse, um, and it just makes you go, no, there are treasures in the Word of God that are so deep that sometimes we scratch the surface and think we've got it, but no, it's deeper, it's deeper, it's deeper. And I remember in a in a kind of discipleship moment, I was hanging out with this one youth from our church and I was trying to help him how to get more out of the Bible. So I showed him what I call the soap technique. And the soap technique is scripture, yes. observation, application, prayer, right? So you're going to write down a scripture. You're going to write everything you know about it. You're going to take a minute and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me through this? And I remember I'm doing this as a discipleship lesson for the, for the young man. I'm showing him how to get something out of Scripture. I think we use John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so I wrote down thoughts about it. Again, I'm doing it for him. Yes. But I promise you, every time I do it, every time I write down and say, God, what do you want to say to me through this? I'm showing you how to do it. And I, and I promise, as I wrote it down and prayed for a minute, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say to me about that? As clear as a bell, it's just fresh manner. Amen. It felt like the Lord Amen. was like, I want more of my abundant life in you. Amen. There is depth in the Word. There is deeper depth in the Word. And um, I mean, you've been reading the Word for how long? Boy, it's since 1974. So That's when I came to Christ. Yeah, 46 okay. years, I yeah. want to say. 1974. Yeah. In that and so, yeah. And the thing that caused me to, to start to walk in a, in a more strong, deliberate way in Christ 
was the discipline of study. I loved to study the Word of God. And I re I'll never forget reading in Ephesians and studying that first chapter. And, and, and here's where this touches both depression and anxiety. Uh, when I read, Paul says, you are accepted in the beloved. In other words, the Father sees me as he sees Christ. His love is the same yeah. for me yeah. as he right. has for his son. And as I started to root myself in that aspect, I began to realize if that's true, yeah. if that is bedrock truth, then ultimately I have nothing yeah. to worry about. Now, yeah. I worry an awful lot. Worry, <laughs> I worry an awful lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at worry from this whole COVID angle, you know, you come into it and, and you say, okay, uh, I have a headache. Man, am I, am I getting the virus? Yeah. Oh, no. If yeah. I get sick, this is, will I be on a respirator? So yeah. now you're moving. Now, yeah. this is because we've heard all this from yeah. our media. And I'm not yeah. saying that it was wrong. Yeah. But then a, a worry, anxious heart will say, you yeah. know, what if I go on a respirator? Then what if I die? Oh, what's going to happen to my family? And we're all, all the way to Armageddon. Yeah, right? Everything's yeah. going to fall yeah, apart. Yeah. Now, the key thing for a person who is in this zone of worry is to figure out, okay, what are the things I can control? That's right. And what are the things I can't control? Yeah. All right? And once you differentiate that, first right. point is yeah. the things you can't control, yeah. you have to say, this is God's work. I'm yeah. not going to worry when these thoughts come yeah. to my mind, I'm going to move them away because yeah. I am, and what they would say in counseling is, I am catastrophizing. Right. You're moving from reality to yeah. lack of reality. Define that just for a second. You said in, in counseling they call it catastrophizing. Right. What happens when someone does that? They're basically creating images in their mind that are not true. Correct. Thoughts yeah. and images yeah. that are not true or very... Uh, the odds of them happening yeah. are slim yeah. to none. Okay, and everyone does this to some extent, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. we all do. Yeah. We all do. So, it's so I'll, I'll I'll give a quick example, just so if if you if this happens to you, don't think you're weird just because it happens. That's right. Um, yeah. And or I'm weird with you. So here's here's what happens to me. So when our kids were young, I'd be walking on the second floor of the mall. I'd be holding my baby on this arm and I would picture myself, somehow the baby slips out of my arm and falls down the other side and I would picture it. So I would literally walk to some extent on the left side or I'd never carry them on this arm because here was the rail. Now, part of that is just, okay, that's probably smarter, but at the same time, you catastrophize it. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. What happened, when it becomes a problem, okay, is a person who starts to think about the catastrophe and then they start limiting their life based on the catastrophe. Based on its truth. So if yeah. you continued to, to, to walk that way, if yeah. you continued to do that, I'd yeah. say, hey, man, you know, what's, what's up with that? Yeah. Now, we all start to do it. With COVID, yeah. it's yeah. huge. It's yeah. like, when do I wear a mask? When don't I wear a mask? Yeah. When do I wear gloves? You know, what if I get a germ from touching this cup? You know, right. and it goes on and on. You go home, yeah. you think, oh, man, what if I got contaminated? Yeah. And then you're moving through. First of all, you're feeling uneasy. That's yeah. a key thing about yeah. anxiety. You don't feel at rest. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you start thinking about all the things that are not going to happen. Yeah. So the key thing with a person who worries... Uh, and I raise my hand, yeah. okay, I am, yeah. a, I am a worrier, is let me just say one 
anecdotal thing. All right, I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, rich, okay? But I worried almost weekly about whether I was going to be able to retire, okay? Have enough money, all that stuff. Guess what? Yeah. I can retire. Well, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) But but my point is, I spent, how many days, if I added all that up, yeah. How many days did I worry about something that I had no reason to worry about? Yeah. Okay? God had it. See, one of the things I've had to embrace, um, I'm... My wife will tell you that I'm a very... I'm generally just a very positive person. I think everything's going to go fine. I I would agree. So the, the challenge for me is that then sometimes I have not been the planner I've always wanted to be. Um, God never said, Jesus never said, don't plan. Yeah, yeah. He said, don't worry. Worry is that choking thing. Because I would say that God, the, the, the Father, is the ultimate planner. Amen. Right? All the Amen. way back, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I Amen. already knew you. Um, I knew you. I predestined you. There's all this stuff that really it shows that God's a planner, and in the plan of God is creative. Yes. So creativity yes. flows with God, planning, structure, order, all that flows with God. So I have, in my personality, I sometimes have to push myself to be a planner because I'm really not much of a worrier. But the problem with that is then then things go wrong and then you worry. <laughs> so because it went wrong, you know, the, the, it wasn't okay. You didn't pay the bill on time. You know, the, the numerous different things that, that can happen. You're hitting on a great point, and it, it brings us back to this whole issue of worry. There, there's a lot of pitfalls in, in, in the way that works, because some people say, well, the reason why I do so well yeah. is because I worry. Right. No. Yeah. All right, that's, not, that's, a fa- that's a myth, actually. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the other people will say, well, if I don't worry, then I'm going to let things slide. Yeah. That's a myth, too. Yeah. Your yeah. personality is more positive. Your personality is, you know, let's go for it. Your personality yeah. is, and then all of a sudden, sometimes in your personality, you're going to miss something, possibly. Yeah. So what do you have to do? You have to just make sure you do certain things to keep that in check. Yeah. Not worry. You don't recommend worry, right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing for worries. It's like, no, your life is not better because you're worried. Yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact, your life is less adventurous. Yeah. You don't want to take risks. That's right. You won't be like Peter and out of the boat. You'll stay confined, okay? And COVID will confine you. Yeah, It will get you to a place. Listen, when we go uh, to the store, I wear the mask, I wear the gloves, okay? I'm 67. Can you believe that? So I'm a senior citizen. So if I get on the respirator, my odds are not so good. Uh, I think being a counselor, I had to stay really close in touch with this aspect of, you know, what's safe and what's not safe. And as your wife experienced with a nephew, my daughter, who is a a nurse in Long Island, she experienced a lot of the tragedy. Uh, And and it's it's a horrible thing, terrible what is taking place. I really think that we as um, a government have not, and I, I shouldn't even blame the government, I think we have not handled the approach in an accurate, systematic way. Yeah, yeah. Just like what you said, like who are the people who are most um, 
prone to be have catastrophic consequences as yeah. a result. Yeah. Those that's the first priority group. Yeah. Not that you ignore the other group, right. but that's the first priority group. Yeah. We didn't really address it in that way, yeah. okay? And so now it's become this political ping pong where yeah. people are even saying, that, you know, the whole thing is a myth, right. where, where, and others who are, have seen people die, yeah. and we can't come to any kind of um, middle ground to yeah. say, this is what's safe, this is what we have to do. Yeah. And so, it's unfortunate that it comes to people who are have to think it through on their own and feel like they can't trust the yeah. data, yeah. and so they have to read and read and read and read until they finally come yeah. to a, an, yeah. an idea of statistically, this is what I can do, yeah. this is what I should not do. Yeah. But getting back to the anxiety part, or even a depressed person, what happens then is when they don't have that information, yeah. usually things get dark or right. they play it safe. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're wondering, you know, what should they do? I see that even in, as we want to begin to think about starting up again, maybe yeah. at the end of June or early July. Yeah. And I can tell in other people's voice, well, really, you want to start already? You know, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm saying, I want to do it safely. I yeah. want to see how we can do it. I want to do it small. Yeah. I want to, but we want... Look, we want a fellowship, yeah. so we have to push toward that. A yeah. person who's anxious yeah. will, will push away from that idea. Yeah. And then what happens is when the worry gets to a place where you're always living in uh, catastrophe and you can't move back from it, yeah. you have to ask, your question, ask yourself the question, do I have a problem right. with this? And as a believer, is is it okay to address this and talk about yeah. it with it? And the answer is yes. Yeah, totally. Okay, all believers, I shouldn't yeah. say all, many believers, 25% yeah. of Americans, adults, yeah. are diagnosed right. with some kind of anxiety disorder. Right. 25%. Wow. That's un, unheard of. Yeah. Okay, that's diagnosed. That means they have uh, slips. Some kind of script, yeah. Exactly. What? What's the difference for you between a rough season, some low weeks, then literal? now I'm dealing with someone who is literally depressed? Like, um, because someone might be depressed one day or two days or three days, but they don't need medicine. But if they continue down that route, they may need it. Very and good. Yeah, excellent question. Uh, let me answer it in this way. D a depressed person, they call this the cognitive triad. All right, and a depressed person says yes to th these three things. Yeah. The first thing is, how are you feeling about yourself? Their answer would be no good. Huh. All right. Yeah. How are you feeling about your present situation you're in? Yeah. Job, family. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. How do you feel about your future? Yeah. Terrible. Okay. Okay. They're going to answer no to those three pieces. Yeah, they're being real. Yeah. And what's going to happen, what happens in that <clears throat> scenario is that why it's such a problem is that wherever they look, if they look to themselves for some positive, yeah. see, you're going to look to yourself, well, yeah. I'm feeling good today and we yeah. can just go get it. Then whatever's out there, you're going to push through. Yeah. Okay. But if they're not feeling good about themselves and then they see they're, they're catastrophizing about their situation yeah. and okay. then they look to the future, everything is hopeless. Yeah. Okay. You have it on, on, on the windows in front of the church. Yeah. Okay. There, there is, is 
hope. That's right. You know, and the resurrection of Christ tells us there is yeah. hope. Yeah. So a person who is depressed is struggling in some yeah. way with those three things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when, when that, you and I might struggle with it for a day, all right, or even a couple of hours with something, and you feel like, oh, this is terrible, or even a week or two weeks, okay? But when it starts to get into three weeks, four weeks, a month, you can't shake this. This thing is continuing to right. be on. We're, it's more than just Eeyore kind yeah. of mindset. Yeah. This is something where you're really feeling dark. Yeah. Then what starts to kick in is you start to have suicidal ideation, yeah. where you say, you know, it's not worth me being here. Yeah. You know, and then it gets darker and yeah. darker and darker. Yeah. That's a person that if I was working with, I would encourage because they can't, they're not able to say, you know, that yeah. cognitive triad really isn't true. Yeah. I need to believe in the scripture. Yeah. That person, their, their brain chemistry has moved down into, yeah. a, ro into yeah. a place where yeah. they're not able to pull themselves out. Yeah, and medication may be the way to go for a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, uh, that's so good. Uh, what did you call it? The cognitive triad. Cognitive triad. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. Um, one of the things that um, I'm, like, I feel like is one of my go-to scriptures is Isaiah 61. It obviously speaks of Jesus and his ministry. And then it says, and, and he will give unto them a garment of praise instead of a heavy and burdened spirit. Amen. The oil of joy instead of, a, um, instead of um, ashes and so forth. It really paints this beautiful picture of really exchanging one thing for the next thing. And then he says, and they shall be called oaks of the Lord. Amen. A planning of the Lord that he might Amen. be glorified. And so if you take the message of Jesus, it's far above a message of just forgiveness. It really is a message of freedom. It is a message of Amen. healing. It's a message of... Um, Man, I'm going to transform you. Amen. I'm going to change you. But he does it through some of the things we're talking about. Does it through solitude sometimes. Does it through some spiritual disciplines. Does it through healthy community. If that doesn't seem to work, then you perhaps need to see a counselor. Um, yes. This is why I believe in, in, in praise and worship. One of the, the things that um, I found praise and worship to be such a lifter. It brings joy. It brings oil. It's not just singing songs. Amen. It's, it's walking into the presence of God. Amen. I mean, we have so much available, but you have to, by faith, step into it. Um, there and, are so many times, uh, just on the worship and praise aspect, yeah. okay? At our church, uh, as you know, we're, we're much more subdued, but we're, we're, we're getting there, okay? People <laughs> are standing. There. People are raising their hands. You know, yeah, we're getting yeah. there, okay? But when I... And there, there are times when I felt that I should... Shout to the Lord. Yeah. Like, shout yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. When I come here, when yeah. I've come to Church yeah. Alive, yeah. every time I yeah. feel the liberty to wow. shout to God. And yeah. when I do that, like in the Psalms, yeah. it liberates my yeah. heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, because yeah. Jesus is better than life. Yeah. That's you so know good. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, amen. Mm. Yeah. Amen. The word meditate actually means, obviously, to think, but it means to speak it. And actually means one of the Hebrew words, it means to shout it. Huh. Yeah. If you, if you look at the Amplified Bible, when it says meditate, it says speak, think, shout. Amen. And when I Jesus, didn't know that. And so just recently in, in, in the, the book on hearing the voice of God, one of the things I feel like I've kind of re-put into practice is just read the scripture out loud because faith comes by hearing it's not just mental yes. it's hearing and there's yes. something it's like it's engaging another sense in your body um 
And so I just want to encourage you, hear the Word. If you're a, if you're a um, read the Word, hear the Word, hear preaching, get, I always say this, like, if you are not positive today, borrow from someone else's positivity. Like, there's so much books available to us that can invest in us. And I believe the Holy Spirit uses them in so many different ways. I've been so blessed by it. But I, I do want to share this story. It's a bit of a unique story um, because I really believe in dealing with what we're meant to deal with, right? Taking responsibility for our own lives. Um, to me, the, the, what does God do when he first shows up to Adam? He says, where are you? And what's the first thing he does? Is he just hides, right? right, and, right. and human nature hides from God, often hides from responsibility. You know, you ask your little child, um, did you lie? And what do they do? They lie again. I mean, it's just like terrible. And yeah. so, um, but one of the things I've found in Christian circles is that in certain circles, there's an overemphasis on the sovereignty of God. But how I like to communicate it is this. God in his sovereignty has given you and I sovereignty over our own lives because he's often waiting for us to do certain things. Amen. So I want to I share a story that I feel like is a, a moment of insight. And I'm not even sharing the names of it because just of who it is. But anyway, someone I know very close had a dream recently of someone else. It's a pastor on our team had another dream of someone else. And they said, hey, I had a dream that there was something wrong in your physical body and you were lacking energy and it basically felt like the dream was, was like, if you don't deal with it, the, if you don't deal with it, if you don't deal with this, you'll end up getting sicker. Mm-hmm. And I, and I yes. often think that our thinking is like a stock company. Follow a really good stock company, it's going to go up. But if we don't address the stock in our lives, we end up going down here and going bankrupt. Amen. So you meet someone as they get older they're either growing or they get more worried, more so. You know, you get around some people like, you're worse than you were 10 years ago, right? And it's this cyclical thing. Yes. And the reason I want to paint that picture uh, for people watching is this, is that understand that you might be in a good place or a hard place right now, but if you don't start to address some of the daily certain things, in five years and 10 years, you never know where you'll be. Amen. Like most people at 40, 50, they never thought they would be in a really bad place and almost need anxiety medication or depression medication. And I'm not downing anyone on that. But there is a sense and a level of responsibility. Like for instance, if a doctor says to you and me, get healthier, he means we have to get healthier. If Dave Ramsey says to us, stop doing that financially, we have to stop it. So there's certain things on a, on a mental level that you and I have to stop doing. Amen. And, and so I just want to give a couple of thoughts around what do you do every day? So um, start the day right. Like I can't determine everything, but I can determine how I start the day. And I'm very big on what we call the transformed day. So I like to start my day with music. I like to start my day with coffee. I like to start my day with reading. I go exercise. I control, in essence, the first two hours of my day. Now, not everyone can do that, and I understand that. But as you begin to do those things over time, over time you go, man, this doesn't fix every day. That's right. But it makes a massive difference over the years. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of like vitamins, right? One of the things that helps a depressed person, believe it or not, is 
activity, yeah. action, okay? Yeah. Be, uh, your, your belief system is important, your emotions, your actions, yeah. your situation, and your thoughts. Yeah. Actions are key. So, yeah. you know, the person who's depressed feels better staying in bed yeah. rather than the really what's the thing they need to do? They yeah. need to get up yeah. because Move that's around, going to help them. Yeah. You know, getting to that whole th aspect of taking responsibility, uh, I agree with you. I, th I believe solidly in the sovereignty of God, okay? Yeah. But we don't give enough emphasis of how we're made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. All right. So when God created, he created Adam and Eve, and there were many gifts that he gave them, not only creation, yeah. but he gave them the gift of time. Yeah. He gave them the gift of place. Yeah. Right. right. You notice Eden and yeah. chapter two is all about the description yeah. of the place. Yeah. Right. So there and the, he gave them work. Yeah. They were and this is before yeah. the fall. They were yeah. going to be fruitful and multiplying and and really be lords of the earth. Yeah. OK. Yeah. They were under lords from from God. It was yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah. But then with that place and uh, time and work, yeah. he also gave them freedom. Yeah. And responsibility. Yeah, that's right. Those two things still pertain to our lives. Yeah. Okay? We are free to do what we want. Yeah. Okay? That's right. And we will be responsible. Yeah. It, you know, when, when Paul says you reap what you sow, yeah. he's not, that's a positive or a negative. Yeah. Yeah, okay? totally. It's either it, for you or against you. That's yes, right. Yes. Yeah. So that is a truth just like gravity is. Yeah. God has made us responsible. And so yeah. where I'm going here with the, the mental health aspect is there's this term uh, where uh, they they use, and, and I hopefully I don't mess it up, but the ability for a self-awareness. Yeah. People who are helped are self-aware. Yeah. Meaning they know that there's a problem, yeah. and then they want to take the next step. Yeah. They want to take charge of that problem. Yeah. Okay, that's that's key with mental health. Yeah. That's key with addiction. Yeah. That's key with spiritual life. Yeah. You will only know God's love as much as you know yourself. Wow. Because that's how God's love will permeate yeah. every area of our lives. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, you, I'm, I'm constantly encouraging people, don't just attend service, plant in the house of God. Amen. Right? Um, relationships are, man, they're the essence of life. Amen. How can you love God and then love people if you don't know anyone? That's right. You know, and sometimes we, people get burnt by knowing people, um, and the best thing they can do is release and forgive and let things go. Amen. Um, and the truth is we can't do anything about the past, but we can about today and we can about the future, right? I, I heard a, a great leader, um, oh gosh, it, the, the, the quote just slipped me, but maybe we're running out of time and I don't need to talk about that because <laughs> it will take me down a rabbit trail, but let's, let's put it that way. Um, but I, I'm a huge believer in the day, just on a real practical level, like, like you said, get moving, because I've never met someone who was doing jumping jacks and was sad. I agree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like agree. There's just an energy to it. And that doesn't mean you're a captain sporty. It just means right. go for a walk. It means cycle. It means yes. get outside. It means move. And oh, here's what I was going to say. I heard a great leader say, Phil Pringle say, work has its own therapy. Sometimes getting and doing That's your right. job, getting out of the garden and working the garden, mowing Amen. the lawn, doing all those things, because you see progress quickly. Amen. And it has its own therapy to it. Absolutely. As we kind of close up, 
uh, Gerard, what are some kind of last kind of final thoughts that you'd have for people um, during this time, how to really come out of this time in faith, come out of this time in peace, come out of this time not defeated, um, but come out in more strength than maybe they even came in with? Well, there's, I think there are two things that help, have been helping me. One is the early church, and I'm talking, you know, 200 AD, in, yeah. in this time period, there was uh, a crisis similar to this. Mm. And that's how the hospitals were began. Were Is that began. right? Yeah. Wow. So the church was proactive. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so I think that's something that we have to, I have to keep in mind all the time. Yeah. That... This is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. Be smart, yeah. but know that God and his voice and his love is yeah. not, he's not tied up yeah. with this. He yeah. is free. His spirit yeah. is free to move. Yeah. So I move into the day with that attitude right from the get-go. Mm. The second thing that I, I notice with myself, too, and this is every day, not only for the pandemic, but every day. And I'll, again, this is a personal anecdote. At night, when I, when I pray, very often as I start to go before the Lord, the th- all the negative things start to come to my mind. And I used to think that that was the Holy Spirit. And I realized, you know, wanting me to confess things. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that that was not the <laughs> Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. That was me yeah. condemning myself. Wow. And when I then stopped those thoughts... Yeah bask in God's love and realize that his love for me will never, it's as strong as the death and resurrection of Jesus. Right? Then uh, it doesn't mean that I don't think about the negatives, but I first rest my heart in the Father's love, Mm. and then I move to those things. Yeah. But here's the thing I want to say. You start to be able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God speaks to us. He yeah. wants to encourage us. Yeah. And we need manna. You said it. Yeah. We need it every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. All these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Aim, that is truth. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, pray for you as we close today. Let's pray for this. Uh, whoever's watching um, on our online and YouTube experiences, man, I hope you got something out of this. Gerard, thanks so much for Thank your you. time. It's an honor. Really, Anthony, it's an honor to be with you guys. Bless the Lord. God's using you immensely, and we praise the Lord for you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. I want to pray for you uh, before we close. I want you to pray, though, for yourself at the same time and us and your family and our church. Here's what I'd really love you to pray. I'd love you to start to pray, God, give me wisdom, but get me out of fear. Give me wisdom, but get me out of fear. And the reason I say that is this. Fear sometimes cloaks itself in being cautious and being wise. We can be both. We can be wise, but fear, I promise you, it is the enemy of our soul, of our thinking, of our lives flourishing. I want to I pray for you. I want to pray for you wherever you are. God knows exactly where you are. God knows the, the experiences you've had. He knows the, the amazing things about you, the gifts about you. He knows your, your, your pitfalls, your hang-ups, the things you might beat yourself up about. He knows everything about you. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you a garment of praise instead of ashes. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person who watched this. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to them where they need it, 
that you would touch their lives where they need it, that you would break chains where they need it, that you would reveal truth where they need it. Father, in the name of Jesus, let, let, let beauty for ashes come out. Let the oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise instead of a heavy and burdened spirit. I pray for our church, Lord, that their fear would be resisted, but love and power and a sound mind would be the spirit heartbeat of every man, every woman, every family represented, every... Oh God, I pray for this city, Bergen County. I pray for New Jersey. I pray around the world. God, I pray for faith to rise in the hearts of your people, but in the minds of your people too. Do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. Shatter even right now some of the false images of negative pictures that they would see and begin to give them your pictures. Begin to give them, Lord, your future, your hope, Father, I pray. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. So hope that you enjoyed um, this, this time. And if you did, share it with someone. See you so soon. God bless you.